Welcome to the Christian Faith Fellowship Church podcast. We are a church that believes in praying, going, and life-changing discipleship in Jesus. We are so glad you've joined in for this message. If you like what you hear, follow us to stay connected with our future updates and podcasts. This is week two of our series, Worst Year Ever. Give thanks in spite of it. Grab a Bible and a notebook and get ready to learn. Here we go. Well, God is good. And all the, all the time. You know, I went outside early this morning. I love praying and uh, just walking around and praying. It's just my style. And you know what? Venus, the morning star, was still out there. But all that's going on, the moon, it was only half today, but the moon was out there. Right about that 7.30-ish, guess what came up? The sun came up, amen? Last night, me and Diane went on our, our, our deck, and we just looked at the star, and there was the Big Dipper, and there was Polaris, the, the, the uh, North Star. Everything, God's got everything okay. All we got to do is pray and trust. Amen? Now, some people say, God's got everything under control. I don't have to do anything. That is stupidity with a capital S. We are involved in this with God. We partner with God. God partners with us. God gave man dominion, so man has to work with God. Do you understand that? When we say God is in control of everything, well, he's sure making a mess, amen? But when we start praying, we start seeking the Lord, and God says, go this way. I need prayers in this direction. I need things over here. I need you to be a blessing out here, whatever. We get involved with God's plan, amen? You got to understand that because people just, whatever. No, it's not whatever. Then why pray? Why do I take so much time to pray? Why give? If if God knows this one will get saved, this one won't, why give? You know, why go on mission trips? Why support missions around the world? No, God uses us together with him. Amen. We are ready. Co-laborers together with Christ. Understand that because I'm going to take you for a journey in a couple minutes that might just shake a little bit of your theology, but I would rather get my theology shaken and get my Bible right. Is that true? Now, 2020 has been a pretty crazy year. Can anybody agree with that? As I said last week, businesses shut down. Some businesses will never open again. Amen. An election, we kind of knew this election wasn't just going to be decided, yada, yada. Woo! We were hoping, hoping, but it it didn't work out that way. And now we know there's going to probably be a couple months of craziness going on. Amen? And all these other things at 2020. Now we have a hurricane coming up the Gulf again called, is it ETA, something like the ETA? Just one thing after another. But you know what? I don't know about you guys. I am in such peace. Everything, amen. It's just like everything's going to work out. Everything is going to be okay. So here's what I want you to do today. You ready? Take a deep breath. Oh, I can't do that. I'll get COVID. Would you stop? (laughs) Take a deep breath. Amen. We have circulating air. The air is always being cleaned here. Take a deep breath and just say, thank you, Father, for the air. Look at that. We have air to breathe. Amen. 
Do you know that God at the very beginning set this earth up to take care of 7.7 billion people? The very beginning when there was only two people, he already made sure everything was in place to take care of whatever population comes on earth. Plus take care of all the animals. Plus take care of all the, some nice bugs and some stinking bugs. Amen. They drink my blood. I want you to turn over, and I'm going to tell you now and give you a few minutes because it might take you a little longer to get there. Would you turn to the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3? As you're turning there, last week I brought out as the scripture was 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. I'm not going to read them again, but the apostle Paul says, Know this that in the last of the last days, the, the period just before Jesus Christ returns, perilous times will come. Hard times will come. Church family, I have never in my measly 61, 62 years of being alive, never have seen a period of time like what we're living in. And church family, if that trumpet doesn't sound soon, it's not going to get better. I don't care what prophet you listen to. If he says everything is going to get better, he's not reading the word of God. The Bible says things are going to get darker. Do you know when they're going to get better? When we're with Jesus Christ, amen? But till then, this world is going to get darker. This world is going to get more evil on and on. And Paul brings it out. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemer, disobedient to parents. And then he puts this right in this whole thing unthankful. People will be unthankful. And I think of this generation. I think of children and young people that just expect everything. That parents, don't you just love that tree in the backyard? That $100 bills just grow on? Unthankful. No matter how much we have, we're unthankful. I want to stop there. You can read the rest. Unholy, unloving, unforgiving. And we read it last week. But I want to go right into Habakkuk so I can get you home before 4 o'clock. Amen. Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 17. And watch what this Old Testament prophet says here. Ready? Though the fig tree may not blossom. How many like figs? A few of you. I'm not talking about fig newtons. Amen. I'm talking about a real fig. Amen. A real fig. One's that. Oh, mamma me. Anyway, keep going on. He says here, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vine, though the labor of the olives may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stall. This is pretty bad. Now, you know, me and you, we live in a different culture than back then. Basically, they lived off their gardening. They lived off their farming. So if they didn't have a good crop, that could mean some pretty bad things. Anybody ever hear as a kid read the books, uh, The Little House on the Prairie series? I read that to my children when they were small. And you remember, I think it was called uh, The Hard Winter or The Harsh Winter, where they basically were down to the very end of their food. And if something didn't happen soon... They weren't going to survive the winter. We live in a different day and age, amen? We go to the store, we order online, we get our food brought in. It's a wonderful thing, amen? I kind of like it this way. But at the beginning of this COVID-19, they were running out of toilet paper. 
there were more holes in the supermarket than I've ever seen. And I'm not just talking toilet paper. There were some things that weren't there that were there before. Amen? So we don't know. Now, the children of Israel were instructed by, look how good God is. The children of Israel were instructed by God that every seven years, everybody say seven years, rest. Do no farming. Do no nothing with, the, uh, with your field. Just let your fields rest. And I will give you so much food that you'll have food that year. You'll have food the following year. And it'll even flow into the, third, the second year, the third year after. But they didn't obey. They didn't obey God. Kind of reminds me of our day and age. God says, I give you the Lord's day. One day, relax, enjoy. That's 52 days a year. Think of how many weeks of vacation that would be. But no, what do they tell us? Work, work, work work the children of Israel were disobedient to God and God said because you would not let the land rest you're going into captivity there's a lot more reasons when you study the Bible but this was so major to God that you'll go into captivity not for seven years but for 70 years and they went into Babylon for 70 years you can read that in the book of Daniel where he explains where he gets the word of Jeremiah that they would come out on the 70th year, right? So God believes in rest. Can you believe rest is good, guys? In fact, the Bible says we are going to have a seven-year wedding feast once the rapture happens, amen? Seven years, amen? Seven years, but it gets better than that because a Jewish man and woman, when they got married, the man was exempt from military work and working for one whole year 365 days you know i know the jewish people go off a different calendar than we do but basically 365 days to do nothing but to go and have a family and love your wife honor isn't god a good god a good god relax our bible says we're going to have a 1000 year millennial reign with jesus christ one year is as a thousand years and a thousand. One day is a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. Man, I'm ready. <laughs> I really am. I'm ready for this. For God. Oh, Pastor, you sure talk about The whole Bible talks about it. Jesus said, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Here on earth as it is in heaven. Ephesians chapter 3, Paul says, the God of those in heaven, those on earth, one day they're going to come together. Finally, amen. And there'll be no more departing and no more sorrow. It'll be done. Amen. But here, this is pretty bad stuff. Though you don't get any figs, though you get no olives, though you get no food, your flock is cut off. On and on. Verse 18, ready? Yet I will, come on, say it with me. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will, jo excuse me, joy in the God of my salvation. Wow. In the midst of destruction, we're not thanking God for the destruction. We're thanking God in spite of the destruction. Do you understand what I'm saying here? I'm not thanking God when bad things happen. I'm thanking God that God's going to get me through it. If I'm thanking God for every bad thing, then how do you fight the good fight of faith? How do you resist the devil and he flees from it? Are we supposed to just lay around and go, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. No, fight the good fight of faith. Well, what if I don't win the battle? Hey, guys, 
There's sometimes we don't win battles, but we fight it. I always say it like this. I fight it to the last breath. <laughs> you might be shaken all the way, but you hold on. Amen? In the message paraphrase, it says it like this. This is the message paraphrase. Remember, a paraphrase is not a translation. It's a paraphrase, what somebody thought and wrote it out. Though the cherry tree doesn't blossom and the strawberries don't ripen. How many don't like, how many like unripened strawberries? Though the apples are worm-eaten and the wheat fields studded, though the sheep pen are sheepless and the cattle barn empty, I'm singing joyful praises to God. I'm turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior God, counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart and gain strength. I run like a deer. I feel like I'm the king of the mountain. Hey, basically he's saying, when I ain't got a dime, I'm still going to love God. Paul said it like this. When I ab abound, when I abase, I'm going to still glorify God. When I got lots of money, glorify him. When I'm dead broke, I'm going to still glorify him. Because money, you know, money doesn't... Yeah. I, I love this statement. How many here have ever watched Willy Wonka? The whatever factory, what was it called? Yeah. And do you remember when the great, remember he got the golden ticket and he was going to sell it, I think, for $500? And the old grandpa said, there's always money. They're making money every day. But there's only one golden ticket. Pastor, what does that go with this? They're making money every day. You might not have some today, but tomorrow an abundance can come to you. So don't base everything on, oh, I'm broke, so everything is going to be horrible today. You know what? Praise the Lord no matter what. When your husband leaves you, you don't praise him for that. You praise God that I'm still going to serve God. When you have loss in the family, you don't praise God for the loss, but you thank God that you're going to get through this. Amen? When sickness invades your ranks, you don't thank God for the sickness. We know that's of the enemy. We thank God. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. Guys, I'm going to give you the greatest theological dispensation right, right now that you have ever had. Are you ready for it? Here it is. It's real simple. You ready? Here it is. If you write this down, this will help you for eternity. Here we go. Ready? Say it with me. God is good. Now watch. This is deep. You guys want the meat of the word. Here it comes. Devil is bad. When you get that in your mind, when you know that God is a good God and the devil is a very bad devil, everything straightens out in your mind. Oh, pastor, I got, I got some questions on that. Good. Then follow me just for a few, few minutes as I explain this to you. No matter what goes on, God is always a good God. We don't thank God for our circumstance. We thank God in our circumstance because he is forever faithful and he will get us through it. He will get us through it. Come on, guys, talk to me today. In 1 Thessalonians, the apostle Paul said this, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. He did not say for everything. He said in the midst of it, we still give God thanks. 
I'm not going to thank God for aborted children. I'm not going to thank God for sex trafficking. When you say give God thanks for everything, amen? But I will thank God that we are praying and we're going to see sex trafficking become less. We are praying. And maybe one day we'll even see Roe versus Wade overturned and the life of children protected again. Amen. God is a good God. Devil is a bad devil. In Psalm 34, verse 8, the psalmist David wrote, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Simple. Simple. Life stinks, but God is good. Life brings trials and tests and heartaches and pains, but this life is temporal. And it's passing away. Come on, church family, follow me on this. Because this will just change your outlook in life. And they say those that have a positive outlook in life live a better life. Amen. And I'm not talking about mind over matter and a Christian science. I'm just talking about the word of God. That the Lord is good. The Lord is faithful, even in times of heartache, even in times when you feel that you just can't cry no more and you're broken in every way. He is still faithful. He is there to comfort the brokenhearted. He is there to bring comfort because he is the great comforter. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord. Remember the word fear there doesn't mean this. It means a reverence and respect and a worship to almighty God. Oh, love the Lord. Respect the Lord. Worship God. You as saints, there is no want for those who fear him. The young lion lacks and suffers hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good Thing. What a beautiful scripture, amen? That was Psalm 34, verses 8 through 10. Jesus Christ said it like this, The thief comes not before to... I have come that you might have... What does that go with? Real simple, ready? God is... Devil is... Now I explained this last week, that Satan has authority on planet Earth. Because Adam was given full dominion, Genesis chapter 1. In Psalm chapter 8, it says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him, man, creation, a little lower than yourself, than Elohim. Look it up in the Hebrew. It talks right there that God made us below himself. Amen? When you study about Satan and you study about demons, you understand that they are creative beings. When you study about Almighty God, nobody created Almighty God. God created man in his image, his likeness, gave the human race dominion over the birds of the field, basically over the earth. Man sold out, to Adam sold out, committed high treason, and because of that, we talked about it last week, they were kicked out of the garden, and they were prevented from eating from what? Come on. The tree of life. The tree of life. Is the tree of life restored? We saw it last week, Genesis, uh, Revelation chapter 21, 22. We'll drink of the river of life and we'll, drink, uh, we'll eat of the fruit of the tree of life. Amen. So when we get this mindset, mindset and keep it, it helps us to live victoriously knowing that God is for us and he is out for our very best. Can I get an Amen. But then people will come and say, and here's where I want you to start following me now, but what about Job? What about Job? And here's what I always say when people say that. What about Job? 
Well, didn't you see all that God did to him? God did it? Let's find out. Go over to the book of Job, chapter 1. Let's let Scripture interpret Scripture. Is that okay? I call it the Oreo cookie effect. Make sure you eat the cookie on the top and the cookie on the bottom before you eat the stuffing in the center. Amen? But some people like to pull out one scripture. The Lord give it, and the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, that's in the Bible, Pastor. It sure is. But who said it? Well, Job did. You got it. Job said it. Job said it. Where a lot of people miss it, and, and I hope you can handle this right now. It's going to be a little deeper. Are you ready? A lot of people see that the Old Testament, the majority God uses what's called the causative sense. And what the causative sense is, he causes it. But when you study it out, and in Young's concordance, he brings it out that it is not the causative sense, but it is under the permissive sense. And many times with the permissive sense, it is a person that brings that part about. Are you with me, guys? I knew there's going to be a little deep there, but there's causative, it was caused by, and there is permissive, it was permitted. Are you with me? Many statements in the Old Testament look like they are caused by God, but I believe many of them are truly just permissive. God permitted it to happen because of something that the man or the woman or the nation did. When did judgment come on the children of Israel? When they were walking under the covenant? No, when they broke the covenant. So who caused that to come upon them? They did. Are you with me, guys? You're all looking at me all strained. You know me, I'm a simple preacher, amen? But this, this set me free when I understand, did God cause it or did he allow it? Because we live in a day and age where they make statements like that. God caused those hurricanes to hit Louisiana. Then why does he make churches and good little communities get flooded and destroyed and not some of the wicked places then? So it kind of shows me where a lot of these things are coming from. Let's go to Job. Let's look at Job. Is that okay? What about Job? Here we go. Job chapter 1 and verse 6. Now, now remember what I told you just a minute ago. Adam lost what? Authority. Who was authority given to? Satan. Satan became, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the little God, Lord, or ruler of planet Earth. He became the governor. We have really seen the authority of governors throughout this pandemic, correct? You have certain governors, New York, New Jersey, very controlling. California, even more. And then you have other governors like we saw in Florida and other states like that that are, let's, get, let's give people the freedom. Are you with me, guys? Satan now becomes the governor of planet Earth, and he is a... He is a dictator. All right? Watch. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. I'm not sure who the sons of God are here, but it's talking about them. And look at the next word, Satan. 
Now, this has a capital S. I never give Satan a capital S. Whenever I type out his name, I put it in the lowercase, amen, because that's all he deserves. Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Watch his response. So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth of it. That arrogant little stinker. Now you might say, you got to give me a New Testament. You got to remember, it's the New Testament that always gives us the revelation for the Old Testament. Right? True. Do you remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness? On the third temptation, Satan says, I will give you all the kingdoms of this earth because they have been given to me. If that was a lie, Jesus Christ would have called him out right there and said, you liar, you don't have control of the earth. He never did. Showing that it was a true statement. When did it happen? In Genesis chapter 3. And now we see the effects of it right here. Now Satan struts in before Almighty God. God says, where were you? I was just strutting out around my world. Think about it, guys. It got so bad in one city, God had to destroy it because it was so perverted, Sodom and Gomorrah. It got so bad in the world that God had to destroy it to keep the righteous line, Noah's flood. And nothing bugs me more to see books written about the fairy tale of Noah's flood. It ain't no fairy tale, brothers and sisters. It happened. Amen? All right. Keep going on. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth? Watch how God talks about him. He's a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answers the Lord. Satan answers the Lord and says, does Job fear God for nothing? Now watch what God has done for Job. Ready? Have you not made a hedge around him, God? And around his household, God? And around all that he has on every side, God, right? Am I right in what I'm saying here? Next part. You have blessed the works of his hand, who? God. And his possessions have increased in the land, who? God. Who blessed Job? God, watch. But now Satan talking to God, watch. Stretch out your hand and touch all that he has. Oh, I am looking forward to the day that Satan is chained and bound up for a thousand years and thrown into the lake of fire. I am looking for that last little battle after that to be done with. Remember, we're not going to partake in that battle because it says that we that have accepted the Lord will not have to be subject to the second death and then he's going to be tossed for all eternity. And I ain't going to shed one little tear for him, guys. Here we go. And he will surely curse you to your face. And God said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hands. Only do not lay your hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of God. Let's look at another one now. Go to uh, Genesis chapter 2. Job chapter 2 and verse 1. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present him before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, where do you come from? Satan answers the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and having walking back and forth in it. Again, here's braggadocious, right? Pride goes before the fall. 
Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man? No one who fears God and shuns evil, and still he held fast to his integrity. Hold fast to your integrity. Although you incited me against him to destroy him. But it wasn't God that brought the destruction, was it? All right, watch. Verse 4. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has he will give for his life. But now stretch out your hands now and touch his bones and his flesh, and he will surely curse you to, the, to his face. And the Lord said to Satan, again, watch the permissive here. Behold, he is in your hands, but spare his life. Now, interesting statement there, because you remember in the New Testament, Jesus is talking to Peter, and he makes this statement. Peter, Satan has sought to sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you that you would be strengthened. And when you are strengthened, or when he rebounds for that, three, de uh, three denying the Lord, strengthen your brother. And who did Peter become? The rock of the church, right? So what did it show me in that? It showed me that when somebody's going through a hard time, we could pray for them and help strengthen them. When Satan's attacking people, we could pray for them, Amen. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hands, but spear his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took to himself a potsherd with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Don't we just need wives like this? Amen. Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak like a fool, woman. Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? And all this Job did not sin with his mouth. Now, follow me on this. What opened the door for this onslaught to come into Job's life? I want to show you what I believe it is. Go to Job chapter 3 and verse 25. And I believe this will help many of you today to understand where things have come your way, and I, excuse me, and how you can shut some of these doors. Amen? The first two chapters of Job reveal that Satan was the agent of destruction and not Abba God. Can I get an amen? And sometimes I wonder if the stuff that came on Job wasn't because of this verse. Ready? Read it with me. Job 3.25. For the thing I greatly feared, not just fear, greatly feared has come upon me. Do you remember that when his kids were having that little party, what did Job do the next day? He had a sacrifice out there. Oh, maybe my kids sinned against God. Oh, oh. He let fear open that door. Church family, we have to watch out for fear. Fear is the tool of the enemy. And you got to fight fear. I know we, I got things that, that make me nervous and scared. You got to keep fighting them, amen? Got to keep fighting them. Look what he says. Uh, and what I dreaded has happened to me. Do you see that? The thing he greatly feared and the thing that he dreaded is what actually came into his life. So I wonder if Job opened the door here to the enemy. Not sure, but I'm just giving you a scripture, amen? But how did the story end? Well, and in Job chapter 42, it says in verse 10, 
And the, the Lord, the Lord, not Satan, the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And you can go to verse 12 to 15. It tells you all that the Lord blessed Job with. Do you see it, guys? All right. Let me give you one more example. Let's go to the New Testament now. I hear people making this statement. Yeah. Ready? But what about Paul's thorn in the flesh? And I always say, what about Paul's thorn in the flesh? Well, God gave him a thorn in the flesh. God gave him sickness. I think God, and I love the way they just say, I think, and yet have no scriptural backing on it. I think God gave him eye problems. Oh, I think God gave him epilepsy. Oh, oh, I think God paralyzed him or he had a problem with a seizure. Well, why don't we just look at the word of God and let the word of God answer for itself? Is that okay? Wouldn't you prefer that than a preacher just come up here and just say, what I say is right. So you better just obey me. No, let's look at the word of God and see what the word says. I don't care how many letters you have after your, your, your name. What I care is about what God has after his name. And he's got truth and integrity. Amen? So go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're just about done, guys. I was only kidding. You knew I was just kidding before. Tell us I can keep you here to four, right? Some of you are saying, you're going to keep me here to four. You're going to feed me too there. Here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Everybody there? All right, 2 Corinthians 12, 7, there. 7, 7, not 77. I want you to see with your own eyes. Own eyes. Come on, guys. If you're not opening your Bibles, shame, shame, shame. The Bible's the only thing that's going to help you, and it's going to get rough out there. Oh, my goodness. You, you, just, just think about this. I'm not saying this is what's going to happen. If this election were to flip, there's going to be the biggest you can't even imagine. So just stay close to God. Amen? So no matter what happens, we're, we're, we're staying close to him. Amen. Here we go. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. This is Paul speaking. Unless I should be exalted above measures by the abundance of the revelation. Remember, Paul was given revelation by who? Jesus Christ himself, right? Paul never saw Jesus on planet earth. Paul never saw Jesus die, but he was given insight that is beyond words. You'll find it from Romans all the way through where Paul is writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Amen? A thorn in the flesh was given to me. Would you please say the next four words with me? A messenger of Satan. If this was of God, why wouldn't it say a messenger of God? Why wouldn't it say it? Why does it say a messenger of Satan? As clear as can be, but yet religious folks are out there, and I can take you to a thousand of them that just say, God put this on Joe, on, on Paul to humble him so he, so he gave him seizures and he gave him a bad foot and he, he had a pussy eye and all these other things. Okay, let's see if that's what he had, if that's okay. But here he says, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. 
concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most assuredly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. And infirmities here is not sickness. Infirmities is things that came against him in reproaches and needs and persecution and distress. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Now watch this. Go over to 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-two, and we're just about done. And watch. Paul's going to brag a little bit about his life. And watch how he doesn't talk about a pussy eye. He doesn't talk about a bad foot. He doesn't talk about anything besides persecution that came against him. Pastor, what do you believe was Paul's thorn in the flesh? I believe Paul's thorn in the flesh was every time he went into a town, riots started. They tried to hinder him from preaching the message to the point he just said, enough, I'm going to the Gentiles. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that he came to us Gentiles. And he got on a ship and went to Rome. And, and in fact, if you read the last chapter, the last few statements in the book of Acts, doesn't it say this? And Paul dwelt in his... Diane, would you turn there? Acts chapter 20-whatever, the last couple... And would you do it in uh, like King James, New King James or something, Diane? Instead of one of these uh, other ones. Here we go, 2 Corinthians 11.22. I'll, I'll read hers in a second. Paul speaking. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more abundantly in stripes above measures in prisons more often in death more often. Now he starts telling you exactly what it was. From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. So Jewish people whipped you 39 times. So it's 39 times five. Amen. 39 times five. Keep going up. Three times I was beaten with rods. Rods weren't just hit on the, on the back. They would put their feet up and hit the bottom of their feet to break the bones in their feet. Look at this. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. The Bible shows us that one, right? What happened after he got stoned? Stoned with rocks, guys, all right? Keep your mind. It says that he just rode. They left him for dead, and he rose up. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was in the deep. One time we have, it tells us in the book of Acts, but he says three times. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of Gentiles, in perils of the city, in perils of the wilderness, in the sea, among false brothers, in weariness and toils, sleeplessness often, hunger, thirst, fasting often, cold and naked, besides the other things, what comes to upon me daily, look what he says, my deep concern for all the churches. Remember, the churches are in their baby step right now. And here he is taking care of God's churches. Who is weak? Am I not weak? Who is made to stumble? And do I not burn with indignation? If I must burn, I will, if I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. And then he continues on when they let him out of a basket, out of a wall, what this guy went through. 
But here in Acts chapter, what is that, 24? I can't even see that, tell you. Can you do it any smaller, love? That's right. It's the last chapter of Acts 21. Acts 21 and verse 30. Look what it says. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house, and he received all that came to him, preaching the kingdom of God, teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence. Look at the last few words. No one forbidding him. Maybe he got delivered from that thorn of the flesh, but that thorn of the flesh that I'm trying to bring out today is Satan God. Guys, not almighty God. Can I get an amen? So look, bad things come against all of us because we live in a cursed world, but it's not of God. God is love, and he only wants the best for us. So no matter what life throws at us, we should still praise God, not for it, but that he is worthy. And as we praise him, he seems to get us out of it a lot quicker because he loves us beyond words. Amen, church family. Man, I gave you a lot today. I know it. Chew on it. Look it up. It's online. All I can say is God was for Paul. God was for Job. God was for Adam and Eve. Do you ever think that God had to kill? No animals were ever killed before. He had to kill an animal to make clothes for them. The first sacrifice. What a good God we serve. What a good. Let's close in prayer. Praise you, Father. This morning, if you're here and you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart, to be your Lord, to be your Savior, today is the day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Why is that? Because you don't know if you're going to live the whole day. You might die by the end of the day. You don't know if the, the rapture might come right now and you'll be left behind. But the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So if you would like to make that decision today, pray this with me and we'll all pray it together to make it easy for you. Say this with me. My dear God in heaven, I repent of my sins. My dear God in heaven, come into my heart. My Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I thank you today for forgiving me of all my sins and accepting me today into your kingdom. I believe today that Jesus Christ, he is the son of God. I believe he died on the cross. He rose on the third day. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being my everything. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, church family, let's give God a big hand. God is good. Oh, God is very good, right? Um, all the time, yeah. Um, you know, my theme for the uh, 2020 has been God is good and does good. And that's uh, Psalm 119, verse 68a. God is good, God does good. So I pray that this, uh, let's just stand up and we'll uh, pray over the service today. Father, thank you so much for your word that went forth. And Lord, I thank you that that word is working mightily in us, that that word is changing us into the image of your son, that as we uh, 
think about the word, meditate on the word that we heard today. We are going to be strengthened and encouraged and edified to be who you are calling us to be on this earth. Now, let me bless you from the word of God. The Lord bless you and keep you, protect you, sustain you and guard you. The Lord make his face shine upon you with favor and be gracious to you, surrounding you with loving kindness. The Lord lift up his countenance, his face upon you with divine approval and give you peace, a tranquil heart and life. We confess that we are the head and not the tail. We are above only and not beneath. That in all our ways and endeavors, we are greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved. We are blessed to be a blessing. Thanks so much for worshiping with us. See you Wednesday online.